All right, welcome into the Lemon Pepper Parlay podcast, the Super Bowl edition, our last one of the season. He is TJ Hushmanzada, not only a former All-Pro wide receiver in the National Football League, but a soothsayer, a predictor of games, <laughs> a, a, a mystical uh, forecaster, whatever you want to call him. He got it right. I'm Rob Parker, a lowly sports writer who can't do anything but lose shekels and cheddar on football games. But, TJ, I'm going to tip my cap that I don't have and give you props. You picked the Super Bowl from the start of the season. You picked the winner. Mahomes was supposed to win. Brady wins. You have the floor. Now, you know what it was? I, I, I felt like everybody knew Tampa Bay had a strong roster last year. If Jameis Winston doesn't throw 30 touchdowns, they're in the playoffs. That defense was tough last year, albeit Shaq Barrett had a career year. You knew it would be hard for him to duplicate that again. But if that defense was anywhere uh, this year what it was last year, which I assume they would because they pretty much returned the same unit, then you add Tom Brady. Jameis Winston threw for 5,000 yards with those weapons. Throwing for 5,000, you're, you're losing a lot of games, you're coming back. But you bring Tom Brady into the mix, and I knew A.B. was coming. I knew Gronk was going to come out of retirement. I felt like they had a chance. Now, did, did they get some help along the way? Of course. And, and the biggest thing was in the Super Bowl, when, when you're missing starting offensive linemen and you're going against that type of front that, that the Bucks were bringing to the table, it's tough for your starters let alone for your backups. And, and the game pretty much went exactly how I thought it would go. They but wouldn't let, be able to block them, and Andy Reid wouldn't run the ball enough to keep them honest. But but let me, you know, I know Tom Brady's the MVP at 201 he, he, yards. He shouldn't have been. It should have been okay. given to the defense or Leonard Fournette. All right, there you go, TJ. Now, that's an honest call. I know the, the NFL, this is one of the issues I have with the league. I know it's a quarterback league. Uh, the last eight MVPs have all been quarterbacks. We know you throw the ball more, but there's sometimes you got to look at the game and for them to hold Patrick Mahomes with zero points, zero touchdowns. You know what I mean? Like, like that's an accomplishment. Like they, 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 they were able to do this to Kansas city. And, and I don't know if you give it to the team or you pick out somebody, or like you said, Leonard Fournette, but I didn't think Tom Brady was the MVP of the Super Bowl. And it's not because I have this thing against Tom Brady. I really didn't. I didn't think that was the, the biggest part of the football game. Anybody that knows me, I, I, I'm a fan of Brady's because he's always been a genuine dude. Every time we, we cross paths, super genuine with me. He, he's just a good dude, but he's a hell of a player. Even if he was an asshole to me, he's still a hell of a player. I, I would like to see, what I would like to see is this is when a team wins a game and it's offensively driven, let's give the MVP to an offensive player. But when it's defensively driven, let's give the MVP to a defensive player. If you can't give it to the entire team, one guy to me on that defense stood out, and that was Devin White. He had 12 tackles, running all over the field, quite a few tackles for losses. He had an interception. That's a hell of a game That's in the Super Bowl. And it was a defensively driven Super Bowl. Now, if you say, oh, okay, we want to give, give it to Leonard Fournette. I believe he had 86 yards rushing. He broke a big touchdown run. He ran hard. I, during the game, I texted a buddy of mine, and I said, that was actually 
bad coaching by Tampa Bay. If they have Leonard Fournette in on that fourth and goal, that's a touchdown. He's running over Tyron Matthew. He's getting in that end zone. And when Ronald Jones got stopped. And so I thought Leonard Fournette, if you're going to give it to an offensive player, I believe it should have gone to Leonard Fournette. We, we saw this in the, in the last Super Bowl that the uh, Patriots won over the Rams, that the lowest scoring game in NFL uh, Super Bowl history, 13-3. to And they gave the, the MVP <laughs> to Julian Edelman, who didn't even score a touchdown in the game. I mean, like... Like, that was another one. The Rams were the fifth greatest offense in the history of the NFL. They only managed three points, I always say, on an 89-yard field goal. They never really got close to scoring. And it went to an offensive player who didn't even score a touchdown. So your point is well taken. I, I think that was a defensive game, wasn't it? It was a defensive game. And so hopefully somebody's going to listen to our podcast and steal our idea and implement it. Um, because we do actually have great ideas on here. Hopefully, uh, <laughs> people are listening. But I, I truly believe um, that would be fair. Be it's like the MVP is basically turned into a quarterback award, and the offensive player of the year is basically the best player that's not a quarterback. Right. And so right. they they need to figure this out because there's guys that are performing to MVP standards, whether it be the regular season or the Super Bowl, and we all know it's going to be given to a quarterback 80-90% of the time. Let me, let's me let go to Kansas City, and we'll get back to Tom Brady because you know I wrote a column on Deadspin. We could chop it up about. But let's talk about Kansas City. And before we get to Patrick Mahomes, who was running all over the place and, and was discombobulated, whatever you want to call it, just, you know, because of the pressure and the hurries, I thought Andy Reid coached a terrible game. TJ, when you don't run the ball and you, you just totally abandon it, you become one-dimensional, and the guys up front, I don't know football like you, but I know the guys up front don't have to worry about somebody running by them for 80 yards when they and they can just attack the quarterback. Help me out. Did he do a bad job coaching? I'm not going to sit up here and bash him because hindsight is 20-20, right? I can be, I'm a hell of a Monday morning quarterback. But for, from the eye, you would say do one of two things or one of three things. The obvious one is just run the ball a little more. You, you keep them honest, throw some screen passes. You slow that rush down. But I don't know the exact number. This is just me watching a game from Sunday. And as I'm watching a game, I'm taking away little things. And one of the things that struck me was this, and I don't know if anybody has talked about this on television. Um, he was in a lot of five-man protections, Rob. You have linemen missing. And I'm what literally, no lie, I'm watching the game and I'm telling my wife, like, wow, they're not going to chip. Wow, they're not leaving the back end. They were in so many five-man protections Andy Reid was basically saying, you in the NFL as a lineman, hold your own. And that's why I thought um, he failed Patrick Mahomes in that Chiefs offense. If you don't want to run the ball, that's fine, because they haven't been a running team once Edwards Hilaire has come back from his injury. They, they haven't run the ball much. But they were in a ton of five-man protections. And you can't do that playing against that front with backup offensive linemen in the game in the Super Bowl. How about Patrick Mahomes? I mean, first of all, I thought there was a big prisoner of the moment. Everybody was 
ready to crown him. He's the next GOAT and whatnot. And I get it. He's off to a good start. He won an MVP his first full year as a starter. He went to the Super Bowl his second year. He won, won the Super Bowl. This is his third year. So everybody just automatically assuming, you know, I mean, uh, right, then the next year, um, yeah, this is his third year since he's become a starter. But I thought it was a lot of premature. And now we saw him in this situation. And I don't know. He looked mortal to me, right? It looked like there's a game plan that maybe you can slow this offense down, stop him. Did, did, did something change here? Do you have a different feel for him? I'm not saying, like, he's, he's over. We had Greg Jennings, the former wide receiver for the Packers, on our radio show, Chris and I, and Greg Jennings said, proclaimed that the Chiefs' run is over. That's what he nah. said. It's over. It's not over. And this is the thing, like, I'm a realist, and I, and I truly believe this. The quarterbacks get way too much credit when things go well. Right. But they also take way too much blame when things go bad. That offensive line couldn't block. And I don't care how good you are as a quarterback. They can't block. And this There were some thing. throws he missed, though, in the first he, quarter. Would you admit that? And, I'm just... and you know why? Because it's the Super Bowl. He's amped up. The adrenaline. You got to, as my yoga instructor would say, take a couple of ujjayi breaths. Deep breaths in (laughs) through the diaphragm and try to calm yourself down. That's the Super Bowl. He was just a little fired up. Is their run over? The last I checked, Patrick Mahomes is coming back. Tyreek Hill's coming back. Travis Kelsey's coming back. Eric Fisher should come back. Um, The guy that opted out, the, the doctor, Duvernay... I can't think of his other hyphenated last name. He's coming back. Oh, Chris Jones will be back. Tyron Matthew will be. Frank Clark will be back. They're not going anywhere. The Chiefs will be back. And everybody's saying that they won't. Then they go, oh, well, I just, the Chiefs will be back. They have a team that's good. They just didn't have it. And eventually, when a quarterback plays bad, Rob, what does everybody say? Oh, man, he doesn't have enough pieces around him. Russell Wilson, I need to stop nope. getting hit, man. I need more protection. And then as soon as they start playing well, you forget about all the help you got them. Oh, my God, this guy has turned the corner. Oh, my God, this guy is setting the league on fire. But just a year ago, you said he needed all this help. So when they get the help, give those guys their credit and stop putting everything on the quarterback. And it's sad because they get paid like it's just all them. But it's the ultimate team game. That's why Tom Brady can throw for 200 yards, be the MVP, and they win a Super Bowl because football is the ultimate team game. No doubt. No doubt. Let's go to Tom Brady. And, uh, you know, Tom Brady's won his seventh uh, uh, Super Bowl. And, you know, I know the quarterback gets all the credit, and and I, I just have an issue with everybody thinking it's all Tom Brady. We just saw that game was a defensive game. Tom Brady's won two other Super Bowls, where he had a total of one touchdown. I could go through the numbers of some of these games. And and Tom Brady, for as great as he is, and he's a great player. I've never said he's not a great player. I just don't think he's the greatest of all time. And I think there are other people who are play the position better than him. They're not more accomplished than Tom Brady. Tom Brady, to me, is the most accomplished quarterback. But there are other guys I would rather have as my quarterback. Where are you... On Tom Brady, is he the greatest of all time? In my opinion, he is. And he might not be the most talented, 
but he's the most influential, meaning when he's on your team as a player, you feel like you have a chance. You feel like we got a chance to win every game we play in. And that has to be taken into account when you start to weigh greatness. He gave that Tampa Bay Bucks team that feeling of, we're going to win a Super Bowl as soon as he signed. Had he not gone to Tampa Bay, number one, do you think they would have had that thoughts in their mind? No. Number two, would they have won the Super Bowl? Absolutely not. And, and so he... I, I, I disagree. He, I'm going to disagree what? with that. Because Whoa. I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you why. I think that they could have won. That defense was so dominant that if you had a capable quarterback, and we've seen bad quarterbacks win... Uh, Trent Dilfer won a Super Bowl with the with one of the greatest defenses every, ever. Every, 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 every blue moon. Every okay, blue I'm just moon. saying it's not impossible, right? If you had just no, a cop, it's, not. It's, but that, but the Tampa Bay's defense, they're they they now, they're not comparable to that 2000 Baltimore no, Ravens defense. I, I'm not saying that, but they held Patrick Mahomes to no points. I'm just but saying this. This, this is what that defense did well. A great player. Drew Brees knocked him out. A yeah, great player, Aaron Rodgers, knocked him out. A great player, Patrick Mahomes, knocked They were playing with so much confidence, but when you have Tom Brady as your quarterback, you feel like you can take chances and do certain things that you wouldn't otherwise do if someone else was your quarterback. Another part on, on the Brady thing and being the GOAT, okay? He's a sore, he's a sore loser when he doesn't win. He walks off the field without shaking the other guy's hand and number two he was involved in some cheating scandals one that cost him a suspension i don't know why people overlook that when it comes to brady and it, and other players who are attached to that they're the worst guys in the world barry bonds lance armstrong all these other people have been busted it doesn't matter what you were doing either you're a cheater or you're not there's no gray area why don't people take that into consideration? Those are other things that I look at Tom Brady that tell me that he's not, that he has other issues that go there. And if you were to find out later on how widespread the cheating scandal wasn't in New England, would that change your mind? Hold on, TJ. Before you answer that, just know, guys, it's basketball season. And one of the things I love about betting basketball is I'm always finding new player props or game props that I like. And what's cool about FanDuel Sportsbook is you can combine these props with other bets from the same game to score an even bigger payout. It's called a same game parlay bet, and you can only find them on FanDuel. For me personally, tomorrow I'm taking the Atlanta Hawks money line and Clint Capella to score 10 or more points. You same game parlay that for tomorrow night game against the Hawks and the Mavericks? That's sitting at plus 178 odds on FanDuel right now. And right now, new and existing users can get up to $25 back each day if your par leg falls one leg short with same game parlay insurance. You heard that right, every day. That's why I bet on FanDuel. It's easy to use, you get your money in a little 24 hours, and you always have some kind of crazy odds booster special or refund on your parlay or something insane like this. So just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app today to try a same game parlay and use promo code LP3 at sign up. That's promo code LP3. I mean, I, I believe New England, they, they pushed the envelope. Okay. And I, I will say that I, I believe they did that. And they, I'm sure they got away with a lot more 
than we'll ever know. And, and that's just the reality of it. But when, when you look at it, Rob, it's hard, man, because the world we live in, we always want to give somebody the credit or not. And when, when you look at New England, it's just it's hard to imagine had Belichick not had Brady, where would they be? Cheating or no cheating? The two years in New England that he played without Brady, they make the playoffs. But but here, but here's the other part. I hear that. I hear that part. But this is this tells you something about like the Brady minions, and that's what I call them. They have to go out and 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 politic and and try to convince people that Brady's the great. Brady shouldn't have to put up an argument about how great he is. And the reason that he doesn't get full credit is because there are question marks. Do so you buy in, yes. into that? Do, do you know oh, what I mean? Like, like seven yes. Super Bowls, there should be no debate. There should be no conversation, but there is one. It's because Belichick has been looked at as a guy that is a genius when it comes to football. They're winning because of Bill. Guys take less to go play with the Patriots. They went their separate ways. One guy continued to be up here. And the other guy, if, if they were here neck and neck running a race, Brady is way ahead because you didn't make the playoffs. And it was pretty much the same team minus the quarterback. And you had some guys opt out different year. Remember, but they had six starters now. Let's not. This, this is what I will say, though. This is what I will say that I believe Belichick did and imparted on Brady. Belichick is obviously a very smart defensive coach. He taught Brady so much about defensive football that that's helped Brady a ton. When you sit down and watch film with Belichick and he breaks down the offense that you're running and the things he's going to do to try to negate what you're trying to do, you start to pick up little nuggets and, ah, they're going to do this to try to stop that. And that's where I believe Belichick just helped Brady a ton. Had he not been with Bill, I don't believe he would be what he is because I think Bill imparted so much into him mentally early on about defensive football and how teams are going to try to do this and do that. And Brady was smart enough to understand that, take those lessons, and apply it. I'm not taking away from what Belichick has taught Brady, but the proof is in the pudding. We went our separate ways. I won in the first year. You didn't even make the playoffs. It's hard to argue. Let me ask you this. Okay. Uh, the other thing with um, Brady. So I wrote a column for Deadspin, basically, you know, like a lot of the Brady minions, they look at his seven championships. I've already given you some examples where he didn't play that well and, you know, and, and won championships without contributing that, that greatly to the to championships. It can't be just a ring count, you know, when people talk about that, because Bill Russell won 11 championships in 13 years in the NBA, and almost nobody considers him the greatest of all time, right? It's Michael Jordan or LeBron James. Michael Jordan won six championships, won all six MVPs. It wasn't like Scotty won three MVPs and he won three. You know, he was that dominant guy. It, it, in Brady's case, I get the seven championships. But my, my goal is Joe Montana, who I thought was more dominant. 4-0 in the Super Bowl, 11 touchdowns, no picks. He has, the, um, he has the record for the most passes without an interception in Super Bowl history. He has the highest quarterback rating of anybody in Super Bowl history. 
He won two championships with Jerry Rice. He won two without Jerry Rice. Those stats and those numbers show me how dominant he is, that it's not just a, a, a ring count. Where are you on, on how you determine who's the greatest of all time? Is it strictly a ring count? I mean, I mean, for me, obviously, uh, I was young when Joe Montana was playing. I, I know who he is, and right. I, I was able to see him play. But, but I, get, I guess when I look at it, 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 it boils down to this. Outside of this year, when Brady won the Super Bowl, Brady's never had a skilled guy outside of Gronkowski that would have started on those San Francisco 49ers teams. Oh, Randy Moss. He had Randy Moss. They, they didn't win the Super Bowl. No, okay. I know they didn't win, but they didn't they, win the Super Bowl. Right. That was and, because and so, Brady only scored 14 points, all right? In the biggest game of to go 19 and 0. I think it was 17. I think it was 21 17. Was it? Um, I believe it was 21 17. I thought it was 17 14 because I, I you might be right. You might be right. Um, I remember I remember I might Plaxico be wrong. I, I'm just score, when Plaxico predicted the score, Brady laughed. In the press conference, they said, oh, we're only scoring 14 points? You don't remember that? I thought Plexico just said he couldn't. We are talking about it. He said, when I lined up and I saw the coverage they were in, I just knew they were going to call a timeout. He was like, I could not believe they were in that coverage. Yeah, 21 to 17. I got a hell of a memory. See, how the hell did memory. I just forget okay. my thought from earlier? But, <laughs> I think I, they but scored 17. I'm sorry. I, I think I look it, Brady's, aside from the, the skill guys he has this year, he, he didn't have a guy that would play on that San Francisco 49ers team. They were loaded. I mean, Roger Craig, Tom Rathman, Dwight Clark, and, and not to talk about the offensive linemen because that was pre-free agency. And so they, they drafted and developed well, the 49ers did. And, and so it's a different error. It, it's hard to compare errors. But from what I've seen, it's just very – we'll never see this again where a guy plays 20 years and you go to the Super Bowl half the time, you win seven, and a team that did not make the playoffs, not only do you make the playoffs, you win the Super Bowl with no offseason, an abbreviated camp and things of that nature. I, I believe what he's done is uh, remarkable, to be honest with you. But, yeah, did he have help? Yeah, he had a ton of help. That defense, uh, they came through when, when they needed to, and they needed to every playoff game. And you know what's so crazy? You look at the Redskins game, who had on paper the worst offense, the worst quarterback, and they, they scored. Gave them the most, they gave them the most trouble. And, and so and I can't oh, even remember the quarterback, right? That's <laughs> the point that I was making. That's the point I was making when uh, my memory just went away. Was correct me if I'm wrong. Somebody may have mentioned this on television. I don't know. Them playing the Bucks playing the Kansas City Chiefs earlier this year. That helped the Bucs way more than it helped the Chiefs because they adjusted. Had they not played the Chiefs earlier, they would have come out in their customary man-to-man and got their ass lit up. But Todd Bowles, they got that first game out of the way and said, oof, we can't play them like this. We, we can't do that, right. We can't we play them that way. We have to switch this killed. up. Right. Yeah, and I, I don't know if people have talked about that. That first game was monumental for the Bucs because it showed Todd Bowles, I can't do what I'm doing and be successful. I'm going to change it up. And he changed it up, and it worked wonders. Unbelievable. Hey, before we wrap up our last podcast of the season. Hey, two, hey Sal, 
Cousin Sal, we coming back to do this next year. I ain't going to lie. This shit was so much fun. It was way funner than I ever thought it was going to be. No lie. No, you know what? TJ was, no doubt about it. I mean, I, I enjoyed it. I learned a lot from you, and uh, it was fun. It definitely was. So we'll talk to Cousin Sal. Yeah, Martin he, and Jim, they wasn't too bad, even though Jim, you know, he, a little, he, he in the background. But it was kind of cool. Martin, the cool, cool people. It was fun, man. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. All right, here are my last two things I need to get from you. Calvin Johnson, first ballot Hall of Famer. Where are you on that? I believe Surprise. Calvin Johnson is a Hall of Famer. Yeah, I am surprised. I am surprised. Um, but I, I don't know why. And I'm not going to be a Hall of Famer. If you first ballot, second ballot, third, if you win, you win. Like, yeah, me, I'm, I'm, I'm the same way. Like, there's no such thing. Either you're a Hall of Fame or you're not. It doesn't make sense. But I'm going to sound like a homer on this. And, well, I am. The Hall of Fame is full of, as my grandmother used to say, it's full of S-H-I-T. Because, number one, Willie Anderson should be in the Hall of Fame. Okay. No question. I believe Corey Dillon should be making a final ballot in the Hall of Fame. And he has a Super Bowl championship. Chad should, if these dudes are getting in, Chad should be in the Hall of Fame. These dudes went better than Chad. Chad had a five-year run. Nobody has done that in what Chad has done in five. I mean, now the league is different, but 2003, four, five, six, seven, I believe, or maybe four, five, six, seven, eight. Nobody had a five years like that. Led the AFC every year. Talent-wise, one of the best receivers to ever play. If these dudes are getting in, Chad got to get in. They got to look past all the BS and just go straight talent. He should be in. And anybody that knows football, they know that. The Hall of Fame is the best players. It's not where you on the best team. Right. And if Calvin, and if Calvin Johnson can get in on the first ballot, this is my point. And, and remember, Calvin Johnson, didn't, they didn't win one playoff game, nothing. And, and, and I don't believe Chad did either. Right. But, or maybe he did that year in New England, but... But you know what I'm saying, right, right. Yes, if you're letting, if, it, if it's not about being on a great team, then put the great players in. Willie Anderson should be in. Chad Johnson should be in because talent-wise, Willie was the best right tackle that played football when he played, and Chad was a top three receiver for at least seven or eight years. No question. That's just me. Here's the last piece. Okay, so Russell Wilson comes out ripping his offensive line, mm. talking about been sacked more. You know, he's got the number. I've been sacked more of uh, 400 times, 100 <laughs> times more than it. I mean, I, dude, I get it. People, players feel empowered. They want to talk or whatever. I, I, I think that he made a mistake. You shouldn't rip your play. You think the offensive line's trying to give up sacks? He also, let's be honest, TJ, he holds the ball long. Some quarterbacks play themselves in the sacks. Am I right or wrong about that? And I just think, how do you win by ripping your teammates who are trying to protect you? And, and if you have something to say about shoring up the offensive line, talk to the people in the front office, you don't make that public. How would you feel if you were a lineman and, and this guy's talking about how terrible you are? I, I thought that was bad. I, I don't think you can do that. And to me, that's bad leadership. And nobody will kill Russell Wilson publicly about it because he's such a great dude. And right. everybody I've talked to that's in Seattle, I still know people that are there from my year there. They love him. Right. He's a, he, they say he genuinely is a nice guy. 
but you can't do that because those dudes are trying. And it's what you said. There's plenty of sacks, plenty, right. maybe a hundred, maybe a hundred of those 400 that you're trying to make a play, Russell. You're holding on to the ball. You're trying to make a play. If you get the ball out on time, it's not a sack, but he holds on to the ball because more times than not, he makes the play. Right. And right. when you don't, it's a sack. But and- you, you can't do that, man, because these guys are in turn now, if they start giving up sacks next year, they don't know if Russell's going up top saying, man, we got to get so-and-so out of here. And I, I just, I don't think you do that. Nobody's trying to play bad. I, I, I believe he was wrong um, to say that. And then he singles out one guy <laughs> in Dwayne Brown, but how well he did. <laughs> so, so basically so- by doing that, you're telling the other guys you're garbage. Am I right? Hey, tra- hey trash can. Straight right. trash can. That's basically what he was saying. And so um, it's unlike Russell. And, and, but it's what you said, man. Uh, guys are empowered more than they've ever been. And they're speaking out, which is a good thing. But don't don't throw your guys up under the bus. Because, again, it's ultimate team game, man. They don't block. You're going to get sacked 700 times. Exactly. That's why you don't do that. All right, hey, I, we want to give a program a note. The podcast is going to continue. It will be called the Lemon Pepper Parlay NBA Edition. Martin Weiss and I will continue the podcast. TJ is going to jump out for football season, so we'll get that started, I believe, uh, next week. But TJ, man, what a pleasure. Hey, Martin is that dude, though, with them NBA picks. He really going to be winning people money. Yeah, so Martin, Martin will uh, take a front seat on that, on the NBA. I'll join in with them, so we'll do that starting next week. But, man, TJ, awesome. I appreciate you, man. I really do. Thank you yeah, so much. It's been, it's been fun. Go out with a bang, two for two, the bucks and under, baby. That's right. We made it happen, no doubt. All right, Jim and Scott and everybody else behind the scenes, Martin Weiss, our producer, man, we appreciate you. Cousin Sal for making this possible. TJ, and hopefully we'll be back next year, right? I hope. Yes, yes, sir. Even better. Back and better than ever. We got two things to say to you. It's always better with the cheddar. And And if you knew better, you would do better. (laughs) All right, peace. Take care.